Welcome back to the Ball and Breakfast podcast. I'm Patrick Miller alongside Wayne Pua here for another rendition. Uh, we're going to cover NFL Week 2, talk some baseball, some basketball. But in the meantime, if you're listening, give us a give us a you know follow, uh, a like, a subscription, a comment, anything across the channels that you're listening on. Uh, we're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Anchor. Uh, we're on YouTube for video, and then for social media, you can catch us on Instagram, Twitter, um, at our account. So check us out, engage with us, uh, keep following. It's been fun to see, you know, some of the progress in the following, and you know, we're definitely mixing it up online. So, you know, tell us what you like to hear, and then we'll try to cover it. But uh, I guess without further ado, we'll kick it off for NFL Week Two. Uh, we're going to play another round of pass or grass, and I'm going to kick it off with Wayne on the Chargers and Chiefs pass or grass. I'll, 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 I'll grasp this. I'll grasp this. You know, I definitely watched this game, had some barbecue while, while you know, eating some barbecue while watching it and everything. Um, yeah, the Chargers. Uh, I mean, you're, you're talking about, I think, the best, like, roster. I think we were talking about this before, like, how the Chargers have one of the best rosters in, in the entire NFL. Probably, like, it's probably between them and the Bills. Uh, but then, like, how they competed against the – the, the Chiefs, like you just see how good uh, Aaron or not Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes is, right? Like, I think that's just been the biggest takeaway is that they've almost gotten better without Tyree Kill. It's like, you know, with Tyree Kill, you kind of knew what to expect. Like, oh, they're going to try to take up the top off ever so often and then do some under routes here and there. Uh, and then have Kelsey, you know, kind of just run everything uh, in the middle. Uh, but now it's like, oh, you know, they can kill you multiple ways. Like, sure, they still got Hardman, they got Schuster, Kelsey, obviously, but then they're also looking into their backfield, uh, you know, running a little bit more with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, also having him catch out of the backfield. So they're essentially kind of killing you in multiple areas. Um, then they have their defense uh, has been making some plays here and there too. So, you know, it, it's almost like, you know, with the Patrick Mahomes factor and kind of his mystique and how – he just has elevated himself, like almost like uh, I don't know, a quarterback god. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can have the best pass rush against you. They're two of the best pass rushers in the game, uh, one of the best secondaries in the game. But that's not going to matter. I'm still Patrick Mahomes. I'm still going to take you apart. So, um, I mean, I know the the game was like 20, 27, 24, but it certainly didn't feel that way. I think at the end of the game, uh, it definitely felt like the 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 Chiefs kind of were in charge of the entire game most uh, for most of the game and all that. So, but um, good to see, at least from the fantasy standpoint uh, for all the Mike Williams owners out there uh, that he got some, uh, he got some uh, receptions there, you know, with Keenan Allen uh, not being in there, but, you know, I still think Justin Herbert is, he's still my MVP pick. Uh, still solid game overall. Just, yeah, had to go against Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs. So what are your uh, thoughts, Pat? Yeah, I mean, the big uh, interception, uh, the 99-yarder, that was just such a backbreaker. I was watching that live in Columbia, South Carolina, out at, out at a bar, and I was just uh, feeling bad for Herbert because the game was so close, and that was such a key drive. If they would have got that, um, who knows? They might have been 2-0, and we'd be you know having a different narrative around this game, but uh yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is who he is. I think, you know, he's 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 not skipped a beat with Tyreek Hill out. Um, I didn't think he would be lost uh, you know, on the road or anything like that. I figured he would, you know, find his way to, you know, making some new uh connections with new receivers. I feel the same way about Aaron Rodgers. It's just going to take some time for him to 
you know, develop rapport with some of these other guys that we consider, you know, cast offs, but, uh, Herbert, you know, Herbert played really well. I mean, his numbers were solid besides that interception. I just, you know, the rib injury was, was huge. Cause you know, I guess toward the end of the game, I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, man, if I was this coach and this is my star player and it's week two and I know it's a big game, like such an important game, a division game, I get it. Um, you know, one of those situations where if like a pitcher is like to call back, you know, the pitching coach manager, like usually they go to the pen. I feel like maybe you could go to the pen with, uh, you know, just concerns about his ribs because he looked like visibly shaken out there. Like I can't like, like he and he made still made some like awesome throws. I think he had like a big touchdown throw after like holding his ribs. So, I mean, tap tip your cap off to uh, Justin Herbert for, you know, his efforts there. Um Seems like the Chiefs are still the cream of the division. So, you know, somebody just you know shows them they're not, and uh, you know, I'll be interested. I'll be interested to see where the you know rematch takes them when they go to go to LA. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I think there was that one pass or for Justin Herbert, who was trying to throw the ball away or something like that. Or you know, he, I think he could have run it, but then it, it was just a, such an awkward looking thing. It was like this guy is so uncomfortable with his ribs and everything. Um, I think he might be listed for questionable for uh, the next game. So, you know, it definitely ha- it, it could have its long effects. So, um, you know, maybe maybe my uh, uh, Justin Herbert prediction for MVP is it, it might not come into fruition compared to say what's happening with Josh Allen over there. But, um, yeah, it is unfortunate, I guess, lost with that. And, yeah, that interception really killed that, that drive. And, um, you know, it uh, put all the momentum towards the Chiefs uh, for that game. Yeah, hopefully he's okay. I mean, Chargers are obviously in this, you know, when we talk about Super Bowl and everything like that. Like, I think they proved, you know, it was kind of blow for blow with the Chiefs in that whole game being on the road, big primetime game on a Thursday. Like, I think they'll get more and more experience as they go along here. Please, like, I really hope Justin Herbert's not injured because I just want to see a new star kind of be born here. And, uh, you know, I'd love to see just a, a like a great competition heading into, you know, the new year. So um, I guess with that, we'll go on to the next one. Um, Commanders lost 27 um, to 36 to the Detroit Lions on the road. Uh, Wayne, pass or grass? I'll pass it off to you, man. Um, yeah, I just got to say, like, Jared Goff is having a great start to the season. Uh, good for him. Um He's proving that, you know, he's a viable quarterback. Uh, how long this lasts, we don't know. But I think the one thing that we've talked about already is with the Detroit Lions is that they have an offense. Um, they've got a solid offensive line. I think that's what, like, you know, leads the way. DeAndre Swift is a playmaker. I think he's breaking out in his own way. I mean, he had a great year last year, but I think he's, you know, taking it a step further, going to kind of establish himself as an upper echelon running back in this game even though he plays for Detroit. And then it's just, you know, looking at some of the weapons. I mean, I'm on St. I'm on Brown isn't a sleeper anymore. Like this guy's a bona fide one, I think. Um, you know, Chark is, you know, good for support. Um, I can't really talk about Hawkinson's numbers, but I just, I think having his presence out there, he's another guy you got to kind of keep an eye on in, in a lot of ways. So good for them in the offense. I mean, I think the defense is a little lagging um, as I think was kind of, you know, where experts were saying they'd be like, it would be kind of tough going on the defensive side, but I know Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks for what it's worth. So kind of a good like breakout party for him, um, you know, being a top pick, but um, commanders, you know, they're going to have up and downs this year. I mean, I, I, you know, 
I, I'm thinking they're dancing around 500. I like I like where their team is relative to other teams in the NFC. So, um, you know, it's kind of a shootout in a lot of ways. But you know, to give up 36 points, I mean, says a lot about where their defense is at right now. So, um, you know, we'll see where they go with their season. But uh, no, I mean, big win for Detroit for sure. Yeah, I'm on same. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Uh, I mean, he is the breakout star for fantasy, I think, for a lot of a lot of leagues. Uh, you know, holy cow, he is he's bringing it. He's bringing it. So he's a star. Uh, so good for him. Good for bringing some star power to uh, Detroit for, for the Lions there. Uh, but also, like, yeah, you know, it's nice to see uh, – uh, Dan Campbell gets some love there. Uh, I think they were on Hard Knocks too, right? So, oh yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, the the Lions are are they're they're rebranding a little bit. It's supposed to just being this uh, downtrodden franchise. You know, maybe they still are a little bit, but I feel like they they have some uh, momentum uh, heading their way with regards to you know Swift, who's on. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, he's definitely somebody I've been keeping an eye on. Uh, and then yeah, I'm on Ross St. Brown definitely. Um, some good picks and Hawkinson. He's he's one. Of, he's a tight end one one of my other leagues here that I have. Uh, and man, he's been kind of a disappointment there for now. But you know, he's definitely I think going to get his uh, in the future. So yeah, uh, kudos to uh, the Lions there. Got it. Um, Jets thirty one, Browns thirty. Wayne Passer Grass. Um, I'll I'll pass it. Yeah, I'll pass it off to you, man. Not much to say, honestly. Uh, I mean, both franchises are in a spot right now where I feel like, you know, Deshaun Watson needs to come back for the Browns. I know we were pretty hyped about the first week. Um, You know, I still like the roster. I like where they're at, but, you know, kind of when you have Jacoby Brissett and it's like, you know, that's, that's who you got to kind of have to lean on to, to get you a big win. It's kind of tough. You know, obviously, you know, stats were put up in this game. I think Garrett Wilson, was the one person that really stood out, especially from a fantasy perspective. I mean, everybody was gushing about this guy, but to be a, a first rounder, um, you know, that's a, you know, a lot of draft capital put toward this guy, 14 targets. He had eight receptions, hundred plus yards. Um, I think he had a touchdown or two. Um, I mean, way to go. I think that's like banking on that investment. I think right away you can tell like a guy who can get, you know, I mean, that that many targets, a large portion of the target share in his rookie year, put up those kinds of numbers uh, with all the hype around him. I mean, I think, I think they're looking at a star. It might just be, you know, a matter of time until, like, you know, Corey Davis takes a backseat or maybe, you know, he usurps Elijah Moore as being, like, you know, the most uh, widely regarded star, you know, receiver on that team. It's just, you know, it's nice to see him do what he was doing. And then, you know, we talked about Flacco last week, like just cool that Flacco is still in the league, kicking along here and, uh, you know, big win for the Jets with uh, Zach Wilson out. Yeah, I know for sure. I mean, Flacco was 103 uh, attempts. So they are a passing team, <laughs> for crying out loud. Uh, so that's great for, uh, the, you know, the Wilson owners out there, uh, just uh, any Jets wide receiver apparently now. So, um, so I, it's really exciting to see that Joe Flacco is still kicking it, still getting some love, um, and still was able to you know nab a victory for the Jets here. So, um, and I feel a lot worse now about my uh, uh, drafting of uh, Dobbins over Nick Chubb. So I am an idiot, and I will uh, I will eat that for sure. So, oh yeah. 
Yeah, no problem. I mean, I feel like if Dobbins is healthy, then we have an actual discussion to have. You know, it's just like it's hard to predict some of these injuries going into the year. I mean, same way we both took Najee Harris in the first rounds, like already out of the gate. You know, we're dealing with some injuries here. So everything held equal. I mean, those guys are probably on the same playing field. You know, I've just, you know, Chubb in general, he's going to get his work all the time. He's, he just seems like he's like kind of like a Frank Gore type. You know, he's just like so consistent. You just hand him the rock. He's going to do his job. And it's it's always going to be kind of impressive. But it's, you know, it's sneaky without the catches. He doesn't get the fantasy hype. But like, yeah, he's he's a rock back there for sure. Yeah. Three touchdowns, man. Oh, crush me. But yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we have the Buccaneers 20 and the New Orleans Saints 10. Wayne, pass or grasp? I will. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll grasp this. I, it, I you know, I, I think we saw kind of what was. Uh, you know, kind of expected here. Um, I mean, J- uh, Jameis Winston, you know, he's, he's still is Jameis Winston with the turnovers and everything. So uh, I think that was kind of predicted there. Uh, it was nice to see Chris Olave get some love. You know, I think he was my pick uh, for rookie of the year. Uh, just, you know, I, I love watching him run routes and, and uh, just being out there and everything. So um but yeah, it, it is hard to uh, kind of beat the the Bucks. You know, I think they're both of our our teams. That defense is looking really solid right now. You know, I, I think what they, I think they gave three points last week and then ten points this week. You know, so um, the defense is looking really good there. And you know, Fournette's he's getting his yards. Tom Brady's being Tom Brady and everything. So um, you know, fun fight with uh, with Lattimore and Evans. I think Evans is out for one game, I believe. So. Um, you know, definitely an entertaining game overall, overall there, but yeah, that Bucks defense is really stepping up, I think. Yeah. On that fight, I mean, Lattimore and Evans have been at each other's throats for like the past few seasons. I feel like every year there's like tons of hand checking and like, I feel like they've already come to blows in a game before. So like not surprised at all to see Evans just, you know, run out there like a psychopath and go right for him. So I just think that beef's like well-established at this point. Um, I think a lot of the dialogue I heard around this game was just like, is Tom Brady kind of over the hill as like a star quarterback? And I don't buy into any of that. I think, you know, uh, obviously missed some time in OTAs and he's getting older. I mean, he is an older guy, but I mean, he's going to take care of his body. He doesn't need to do a lot. I mean, I feel like when I look at the Bucks, they remind me in parts like the Eagles this year. I mean, I feel like they have so much around their offense and defense that at the quarterback position, it's just like, just do a good job. You know, you don't have to, you know, go Lamar Jackson every single game to prove like you're a top quarterback. I think Jalen Hurts is in that same category. It's like, yes, he's balling out, but when you have the best line defense, you know, some weapons around you, it's just like, just protect the ball. And like, you know, you just bank on those, you know, easy scoring opportunities. And I feel like, you know, Tom's been around the block for so long that, you know, I was actually surprised to see him get a W in New Orleans because that's been kind of like one of those spots that are, you know, notoriously hard for him as a Buccaneer to go in and kind of get W's. So, um, yeah, ditto on the defense. Uh, we'll see how, you know, how good this team is, uh, especially on the defensive end for the rest of the season. But if that defense can just carry them, then they can weather, you know, the absence of Evans, the loss of Godwin, you know, the receiving core thinning out an older Brady. Fournette not hitting the end zone yet. It's like there are issues on the offensive side that we can talk about, but that defense is so good that they don't even have to like sweat it right now. Yeah, in a way, it's like it's kind of like the the Tom Brady's of uh, the the Patriots and everything, right? Where 
you know, except they're just hurt or they're suspended now. So, <laughs> uh, as opposed to just not drafting well on the offensive side. So, uh, but yeah, their defense is strong. That's that's definitely going to keep them around in games and you know uh, sneak out some wins here. You know, as long as they can be formidable on offense, and that's really uh, Tom Brady's mo basically. <laughs> so uh, he's always just been the smart player, makes the right reads, makes makes the right plays, and everything. Uh, so you, if he can just keep doing that, have a good defense, you know, they'll they'll you know come the second half of the season. Uh, you know, hopefully then they'll they'll be a lot more healthy and have more of that offensive rhythm uh, down the stretch. So absolutely, um, Panthers sixteen, New York Giants nineteen. Wayne Passer Grass pass. <laughs> I'm also passing, and I don't want to talk about either of these teams. So we're move on to the very next game. Same, it was on at the same time, which I watched both of these games. But uh, New England Patriots seventeen, Pittsburgh Steelers fourteen, Wayne Passer Grass. Oh man, uh, like do, should, do I? Do I need a? Uh, I, I think I'll I'll grasp this. I talked a lot of I talked a lot of crap about the the Patriots, you know, being all the no sex team and everything. I think last uh, last episode, but um, hey, you know they had they had just enough. They they did just enough. Uh, you know, 17-14 against the, the, the Steelers. You know, uh, Steelers were without a lot. And I, I think that was a big thing for them. Uh, you know, yeah, sure, the, the Pats only had 17 points, but I feel like they just always they, – they, they needed that, like, game-changing play more so to, like, uh, shorten the field for them a little bit. Um, Trubisky didn't have his his best game. Like, you know, I, I think every week I cheer for him just be like, be like Alex Smith, just be the Alex Smith route. <laughs> But I think he was too Alex Smith. He didn't really like toss it downfield too uh, too much, uh, and just uh, you know, I I I, I kind of thought about like you know, I think he still suffered like PTSD from like Nagy and like the play calling there and, and getting hit a bunch. So, you know, so something is is you know just has him just being really conservative uh, in terms of you know his approach to the game and, and his reads. So, um, but yeah, it was a good win. I think it was definitely New England football. It was definitely, you know, there's their kind of their kind of play, um, just kind of a grind, if you will. Um, and yeah, that that one pass to Aguilar, uh, that really kind of uh settled it for them and, and pushed them over the top. So um good pass win, not sexy, obviously, but still, you know, they were able to get the job done. Yeah, I was watching this game out and um I just kept commenting like this is the Bears Trubisky and I you know it's just like watch this play and I would just call out like every little play and stuff like watch what I'll do here and this and that and I was starting to get like really on him for this game but it was just I mean he just left a lot to be like you know um you know desired and like in this game and you know after a big you know victory last week against the you know Super Bowl contenders it was like you know, could this dovetail into something that, you know, Trubisky, you know, could be proud of, could, you know, just put a hold on the job for a while on. And I don't know, man, I, you know, I think he's serviceable. I think he, you know, can manage a game, uh, but I don't know if there's like another level to his game. And um, I feel like we got to that point in Chicago, you know, not that it was, you know, the worst uh, situation for him or for us, uh, you know, overall as a quarterback, but when you, you know, again, spend the first round pick number two overall or what have you. And, you know, do you trade enough for that guy? It's like, 
Yeah, man. I, I just think, you know, Alex Smith would be the dream come true scenario for him. And, you know, no disrespect to Alex Smith either, because, I mean, he had a great career. Um, but on the Patriots end of things, I mean, I think the running game, um, you know, they they established that early and often with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. I think those guys, you know, each average about five yards to carry. Um, they just had their way on the ground with the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, you know. Jacoby Myers got his work in too. I saw that Aguilar catch was, was pretty awesome. Um, but, you know, big win on the run for the Pats because I think next week they have a big um, home game coming up. I want to double check who they're playing, but I know a lot of analysts are talking about they absolutely can't start on two. And part of that is because they're playing the Ravens next week at home. So good, good on them to just stay in this race here because, you know, they drop that and allow the bills to just kind of keep doing what they're doing. Maybe Miami, you know, has a good year too. Like the Pats could fall out of the race early. So uh, both teams are now standing at one and one, but uh, overall I see them as like kind of middling around 500 at best. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's definitely the Belichick, just a grind. I feel like, but you know, you definitely need to run the ball and take the ball a little bit out of Mac Jones hands, but then Mac Jones still delivered, I think with 250 plus yards. Right. So um, that's just good coaching. And it's hard to, if you're Bill Belichick, you know, it's always hard. He, he can't lose twice in a row, I feel like. I feel like that's just his, his whole thing. Or, or or he gets really angry. So, yeah. Fair enough. Um, Jaguars shut out the Colts 24-0. Wayne, pass or grass? Um, I, I'll pass this. I'll see you, man. Just an abysmal outing by Matt Ryan. Uh, three picks, no touchdowns. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor only got nine carries. I mean... It's kind of looking around the offense. I mean, they were out without Michael Pittman, so I think that's a huge loss in their passing game. But, I mean, 24-zip to the Jaguars, that's pretty shameful, um, especially after they trashed Carson Wentz on his way out of the city last year. Um, again, like, Carson Wentz is not perfect, but in the same sense, like, they basically, like, just outed him and like like get this guy out of here he's he's terrible and this and that i just think like the colts it's kind of sad because i picked them to you know be the afc south um you know division winner this year and it's just like what they've shown off the bat with the you know the tie in houston you know with houston and then you know this game it's like man that's gonna be a really like sorry division the way it's looking right now um good on the jaguars i mean if we were to be honest with ourselves and ask, you know, who is the best quarterback in that division? I mean, I think saying Trevor Lawrence is okay. And who knows, maybe Trevor Lawrence just takes this victory and runs with it a little bit. I mean, they've got a couple of backs behind him. They've got an okay receiving core. I mean, they added a lot of, you know, money to their, the team and they've added some defensive players too. Um, I don't know. It's just hard to like put your arms around like, who's really going to step out in this division and, and kind of take it um, at this point. I mean, the Jaguars look like the most solid team so far, which is really, really sad, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't have much else to say, but you know, Matt Ryan, like that, like the clock is ticking. Like you need to step up next week and like show, you know, why they acquired you and, you know, kind of, you know, definitely put on a show in some form or fashion. Yeah, yeah, they it, they also didn't have was it Leonard I think on the defensive end, so they were without two of their probably three best players right in their entire team. So, um, you know, number one probably being uh, Jonathan Taylor, right? So, but still, yeah, that's that's a big uh, that's a big blow. 
Um, and you know, yeah, Jacksonville for all their worth, they you know, they're a young, talented team. Uh now they have Doug Peterson, who's a super super bowl winning coach. So, you know, they're they he he knows how to essentially work with an offense and knows how to play to the player's strengths more so. Um, you know, so and we saw, we see that he's utilizing James Robinson or the Mr. Illinois State, right? So uh and Christian Kirk is getting his reps too. Um, so that you know, that's as probably as solid of a signing as as they could do. Granted, he hated the money, maybe not worth it and all that, but you know, they definitely wanted just to get uh Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, somebody to throw to that has some experience. And uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, he's he's obviously a talented quarterback, being you know, going a number one overall and everything, so he's definitely has something to contribute there. And Trayvon Walker's, you know, being Trayvon Walker, the kind of that athletic. Uh, person that we 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 saw in college and everything, and he's it's translating uh, pretty you know fairly well, or at least this early on into the NFL. So um, kudos for them to just you know maybe they do run away this run away with this division because yeah it's it's not it's not sexy it's definitely not sexy here too. So no doubt. Um, any other thoughts about AFC South or you know just with this game? Do you have any like? here's who I think is going to step out for the rest of the year. Or... Yeah. I don't know. The division. Yeah. I don't know that if <laughs> Jacksonville pulls it off though, if Jacksonville pulls it off, well, that's pretty impressive, you know, uh, having like, you know, two, uh, is it two number one overall picks uh, essentially. And then, you know, uh, a pass rusher on the defensive side and then obviously, you know, quarterback on the offensive side. So it's like, you know, you, you, you get two playmakers on both sides, two of the most important position, uh, uh, two of the most positions on each side of the ball. So, you know, that's, that could be actually, you know, uh, <laughs> one way to just go by it. Uh, tank it, hire Urban Myers to have one tank year, let him get drunk and, and wasted and all that, and then get the number pick and then, yeah, uh, improve on the other side of the ball. So, you know, that, it's, that, that could be a good way to, to do it, you know, maybe potentially in the future, but. Jacksonville is very talented, so they, they certainly could do uh, run with the division. Yeah, I mean, I you know the Bengals did it last year after having a you know really awful you know freshman year for Joe Burrow. Um, you know, obviously they don't have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd to kind of kick it to. I mean, I feel like uh, you know maybe Kirk is in the Tyler Boyd range of wide receivers, but um, in the same sense, you know if nobody's going to step up and take it, if there was a team that came into this, you know, season with some sort of momentum confidence, it'd probably be the Jaguars because they spent all that money and, you know, they refreshed at the coach, you know, coaching hire and, you know, uh, added some more people through the draft. So, uh, you know, we'll see where this goes, but uh, yeah, big victory. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens in the AFC South. Um, Next game was the Miami Dolphins. 42, Baltimore Ravens 38, Wayne Pass or Grass. I I'll, I'll I'll grasp this, but reluctantly because you know those Ravens. Uh, <laughs> the I've never seen like one player to blame as much on the defensive side of the ball. I feel like than Kyle Hamilton. Like mm. stay back in the secondary. Like stay back. You got Burners and Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Like. Why, 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 why are you, why are you playing up at the line of scrimmage? Like, you didn't catch up with them. Like, he's, he's both, both these wide receivers run four three or like four twos, right? So, um, and they just got burnt. They got burnt, uh, and that's how they were able to score like all those touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So, um, 
you know, they it's it's nice to be aggressive ever so often, but come on, Kyle. Like, and so there there was definitely a lot of blame there. Um, I saw like Marcus Williams was like like saying, "Hey, man, like this is your assignment. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you playing the line playing in the, up in the line of script? This is, this isn't college. You don't got a bunch of four three uh, wide receivers unless you're you know without going against Alabama or, or Ohio State. So, um, yeah, it was just a bad game there, and it was it was kind of sorry because it was like. Lamar Jackson was having a hell of a game and they were just like giving up these big plays. Like and now it's like all these people that were saying Tua can't throw the ball. It was like, he, just, he was just throwing bombs to Waddle and, and Hill kind of like in Madden in a way because of this bone coverage, uh, you know, with Hamilton basically being the, the, the person that just wasn't playing back there. So, you know, bad game from the secondary uh, for the Ravens. Like it was a terrible game. They were giving up those big plays in the fourth quarter and, you know, um, yeah, they weren't able to, to keep the momentum or keep the ball on, on the offensive side of the fourth quarter. And yeah, uh, Tua really uh, showed up, uh, you know, saw the wide open Ravens ears and gave it to him uh, despite everybody knocking on his arm. Apparently like the guy can throw like they're okay in college, you know, just, just because, you know, Instagram has a, you know, a, a poor pass here and there and bad weather doesn't mean you can't throw. So uh, the guy's, what, 6'2", 6'3", and you know, 230 still or something like that. It's like Jack built. Like, you guy can throw a ball, okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, yeah, Mike McDaniels, who I think I had, like, as the coach of the year, which I think now Vegas has him as the, the highest odds. So kudos for him um, having that game plan. And I don't know if there was a game plan just – you know, chucking it past Kyle Hamilton, but it worked. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think I, I, I did like his press conference. I think he said, yeah, you know, I think it'd be good for us if we played behind. But then he was like, yeah, I think they took me real, like too seriously when I said that. Because <laughs> uh, that was a hell of a comeback. And um, look at those Dolphins now, man. They're they're definitely a, a force to be reckoned with, uh, you know, in this uh, two weeks of the, of the season. So. Yeah, I mean, I think Tua catches too much crap for who he is as a quarterback at this stage in his career. It's like I, I, he he he's under so much pressure. I feel like, and it's like feels a little bit unwarranted. You know, before they brought over all the you know the weapons and stuff this year, you know, running backs, wide receivers, etc. It's like I don't know. I just don't get why the it felt like there was just a lot of hate on this guy and. You know, not to say I expect 476 touchdowns from here on going out, um, but, you know, can he throw for 270 like he did in week one with one or two, you know, touchdowns per week? Like, that's in the realm of possibilities. Like, I don't know if you see any more upside in him. Like, I picked him up in fantasy because, you know, Lance broke his uh, ankle or whatever, but it's like I picked him up because he's in this great offense. I think he can be a pretty good facilitator and like let's just look at Jalen Hurts year three like year three Jalen Hurts looks like Lamar Jackson and it's like just give this guy a little bit of time give him some confidence like you know he was in the Watson trade rumor discussions he's been you know talked about as somebody that just like outright replaced through a draft it's like yeah let's not forget this guy was like at Alabama just you know winning national titles and just you know throwing dimes and you know some of those balls that he was you know finding Hill and Waddle wide open on. I mean, he was throwing some pretty deep ball spirals on those. I was like, damn, those those highlights look pretty good. And, uh, you know, ditto on the offense. I mean, when Hill and 
Waddle are combining for, you know, 300 yards receiving and like 20 plus receptions. It's like your day is done as a defense and it's going to be hard to stop them even with, you know, a good secondary if uh, two is on his game. So yeah, good for Miami. Um, you know, glad to see them kind of get past the eight and eights and, you know, kind of maybe asserting themselves as like, you know, if they don't win the division, can they be, you know, a, a, a like a strong wild card team, like a, you know, handful of games over 500 like it's looking that way right now um they got the bills next week so that'll be a real test for them um you know as they kind of take on josh allen and those boys but uh no i was really yeah just really happy to see um just all the developments on that side and then from baltimore's perspective man lamar jackson is like the backpack he is just seriously carrying this team right now and you know love mark andrews rashad bateman stepping out a little bit but you know that franchise is, you know, their bread and butter is the defense and you've already covered, you know, a lot of the issues on that side, but they're going to have to shore that up. And if they do, I still see them as being like formidable in that division. I think, I think they'll figure some of this stuff out, but uh, yeah, it was definitely a bad showing. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's like they, they were their, their own worst enemy in a, in a way there. And yeah, uh, Lamar, like, first three quarters was like the best quarterback. Like everybody was like saying, this, pay this guy, pay this guy. He's the MVP and everything. And he was, he was showing it. You know, he, he, he had himself a hell of a game. Uh, it was a hundred plus yards. I think he had 300 passing to come sticking too. But then, yeah, those bombs that they were just giving up on coverages and everything. Colin Hamilton just not being in the right position uh, against two, two burners. Like, yeah. So that I mean that that two is definitely a good pickup. I think uh, we'll see how he goes against some other uh, other teams. You know, maybe uh, cover four a little bit more here and there. I don't know, or you know, have at least a, a safety back, uh, not just like you know, a, you know, safety's blitzing and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it, I, I think you know they, they definitely showcase their their speed at, at wideout, um, and it's like two two knows how to utilize it. So. Good on them. Um, the next game up in the list was the Falcons um, narrowly losing to the Los Angeles Rams, thirty-one to twenty-seven on the road. Uh, Wayne Pastor grass. I will. I'll, I'll grass it only because only because you know uh, in one of my uh, you know alternative <laughs> leagues, I should say. Uh, I got Kyle Pitts, and he's not getting anything. Like, like, what is up with all of this? You know, this you have like one of the fastest, most athletically gifted tight ends, and they're not passing to him. Like, not in the red zone. I kept on getting like red zone updates. Like, oh, he's finally gonna get something, and nothing. So I don't know what's up with that, uh, Mariota. Like, come on, like, what's up? So uh, that would be my only thing there. But you know, um, I didn't watch the game, but like. You know the the Rams giving up uh, twenty seven points to uh, the Falcons. Like uh, you know, there, there's got to be something there, maybe. But um, you know, Stafford looks like he had himself a good game, and Cup got his. So uh, looks like you know the offense was formidable there, and yeah, it looks like they just uh, the defense kind of played maybe a little bit conservatively. It looks like probably, and uh, you know, just uh, kind of gave away some points here and there. But at the end of the day, you know, they they won. So and was that they're you know fairly healthy I think so yeah yeah I mean with what you're saying about Pitts I I saw a stat today that said uh, Drake London has the highest target share of any wide receiver in the league so I mean 12 targets 
and he did work. I mean, he's doing work. It's kind of like one of those situations where maybe Marietta's just built that rapport with uh, with London so quickly that, uh, you know, he's stepping out as being like an alpha. He's stepping out as being like a number one. No discredit, obviously, to Kyle Pitts' talent and, you know, what he should receive as a receiver. I'm sure they're going to try to get him involved. But I thought it was funny that the head coach, uh, Arthur Smith, was basically like, you know, I don't really care about your fantasy football teams or whatever. We're like, we're doing whatever's best you know, for the team or whatever. And uh, it's like, well, yeah, you guys are also Owen too. So, you know, (laughs) so much for that thought. Uh, But um, hopefully he gets his work. Um, Nothing to really say about Atlanta. I think they're going to be terrible this year. Um, More surprising about the Rams, just like letting a team like that kind of stay in the game. I mean, Atlanta did have a good first week against New Orleans too. So, I don't know. Maybe they're like a little sneaky. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but I, I don't have much faith. I just think for the Rams, it's like it was good that they got a score to uh, Allen Robinson just to like mm-hmm. prove that that signing was like somewhat worth it. Um, I hope he has again, like a solid season for them. Cause I just, I kind of, I kind of feel bad for that guy <laughs> just like with where he's been and how good he was in his prime and everything. I hope he still has got, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, prime left in him, but, uh, yeah, they're they're kind of showing to be like a little bit lackluster out of the gate here, and uh, you know I don't feel as bad about putting them as like a, a like a wild card team, um, you know, over like a you know Super Bowl contender going into this year. Yeah, you you would think that after last week's loss uh, to the Bills, I mean, hey, granted the Bills are like the best team playing right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you would think that a Super Bowl you know championship team, Super Bowl caliber type of team would. Uh, try to rebound the next game uh, against a weaker opponent like the Falcons. And it's like, you guys only necked it out, uh, you know, four points and everything. Like, you can do a little bit better than that. So, um, you know, uh, better to have be doing this now, I feel like, than later in the season at least. But, um, yeah, coming out of the gate right now, uh, they're way too talented of a team to be, you know, letting the Falcons, uh, you know, uh, uh, coming clo- coming this close to them. So, Yeah, agreed. Um Seattle Seahawks on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. They lost uh, 27 to seven Wayne pass or grass. Um, I'll grasp this. Uh, I mean, the, those nine, Jimmy G, Jimmy G coming <laughs> in. Uh, sorry, man, for uh, Trey Lance and everything that, that blows and all. So, God. but Hey, look, they, they signed him and, like, yeah, his contract is Jimmy G's contract's full of like, incentives for play now. So I think he's gonna make like most likely gonna make like five million dollars a year with all the, the playing stipulations and 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 all those things added added in. So um so hey, good good on them to uh to retain him. Uh I know Trey Lance didn't like it, but it was it was a smart business business and football decision to keep him. Uh because now, hey, look, they're you know, they're 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 Riding the arm of a quarterback who, you know, they've got to several NFC championships with, a Super Bowl with, right? So it's like he knows the offense, knows what to do, uh, and, and now you know they're not mis- they're not going to be missing a stride. So, um, yeah, sorry about Trey Lance. Uh, it, that, that's definitely a burner. Uh, but you know, Niners fan, you know, if if, if I am uh, somebody that is thinks that Jimmy G is beautiful, I'm fortunate enough to be like good. Uh, gonna be able to watch him on tv a little bit more now and uh cheer him on there so um but yeah and seahawks uh not not surprised there 
I think people are maybe they were probably expecting a little bit more of this against the Broncos a little bit. At least I think everybody else was. Um, but yeah, not the best game going forth there for the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, only seven points. Didn't look that great there. And it looks like Jeff Wilson too uh, for the Niners. Uh, a lot of people are picking him up in their fantasy leagues now. So uh, you know, definitely a nice look there. So, but yeah, uh, good game by the Niners. Uh, Maybe this is kind of a blessing in disguise. I don't know. Maybe because uh, Trance didn't look the greatest uh, uh, the past, you know, uh, when he was been playing uh, last game and then this game, uh, this this previous game when he was playing. So yeah, yeah, fair point. I mean, I, I you know, you, I drafted Trey Lance thinking, okay, this guy can be Jalen Hurts, but we don't know. I mean, he could be Daniel Jones. I mean, we we have no idea, and for a team that. You know, went to the NFC, uh, you know, championship game behind Jimmy G. Um, I, I get what dilemma they're in. They got a first round pick who's got, you know, all this, uh, you know, size, speed, you know, perceived talent. It's like we got to, you know, unleash this guy, see what we have, because we've spent that, you know, first round pick and like, you know, we're going into year two now. And, you know, it's just kind of sad for him to, you know, not really see this out because still we don't know what he is. So, now he misses a whole season. He comes back. You know, he's going to not have the same explosiveness as he did this year. I mean, talk to Robert Griffin III. It's just it's just too bad for him because I think at year three, you know, they may still be in, you know, somewhat of an exper- you know, experimentation phase with him as a, as a quarterback. But, you know, maybe he doesn't get his life back until year four. And, like, if you're the Niners and you're trying to win Super Bowls right now, um, he, he may become expendable at some point. I don't know, you know, where this is going for him in his career. I mean, he could get cut, he could get traded. Uh, they might draft a quarterback. They might acquire one. You just don't know. So you know, there's a lot of outcomes. It could be in the you know future for Trey Lance. I hope he, you know, ultimately becomes, you know, the, the type of quarterback, uh, we all, you know, predict him to be or project him to be, or, you know, envision him or dream him to be. It's like, just hope he has a good career somehow, some way. But uh, yeah, he gave me 2.5 points for fantasy. I, I lost my matchup. Um, I dropped him effective immediately. I replaced him with Tua Tagovailoa, who I'm really, really excited about now. But uh, yeah, man, 49ers, this was business as usual. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I didn't have much excitement on the Seahawks. Um, you know, but for the 49ers, it's like whoever's in the backfield, there's just next man up kind of mentality. I was also happy week one to pick up Jeff Wilson Jr. at 12.58 Eastern time. So like, I picked him up strategically because I thought Eli Mitchell might get injured, um, not at the Bears game, but just down the road. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to have this guy who I've had in the past. Who's He can put up some big games. He can put up like a good game and a great game every once in a while. So it's like, hey, as long as he's the RB1 there and all the other backups keep getting injured, it's like, He's going to have a long leash, I think, this season. So we'll see where he goes. But uh, no, this is encouraging. I, I picked the 49ers to win the division. Um, I'm going to stick with it. I just, um, you know, we'll have to just see where they where they kind of top out at this year. But that was a yeah important win, I guess, to uh, start the year. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And Jimmy G, man. Uh, Arlington Heights. Stud. Uh, uh, <laughs> The, the Italian stallion still kicking it. So, good for him. do you know what high school he went to? Do we know that offhand? Um, not off the hand, but he wasn't Conant, was he? I don't know. Let's see, Jimmy G, Jimmy 
Schomburg Saxon. The Hersey, the Hersey Husky. Uh, early life. Where did he go? Um, attended Rolling Meadows High School. Oh man, was Rolling a Meadows. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And now he's uh, now he's in the Bay dating porn stars. So <laughs> look where where look where life can go when you just. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he's still talking to her, but I think they're probably liking each other's photos on Instagram. If if, if that's the worst (laughs) of him, then good for him. (laughs) If he does nothing else with his career, he's done. Wrap it, bro. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Moving on to the next game, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. Coming up short against the Dallas Cowboys, uh, it was 2017 on the road in Dallas. Wayne, pass or grass? Uh, I'd let, I'll pass it on because, yeah, I, I have my own feelings with the Dallas Cowboys and everything. So I want to hear your thoughts. I, I don't have much to say. I'm probably going to kick this one right back to you. Just, uh, you know, Bengals just came out flat. Um, there's no reason why they shouldn't have won this game. There's no reason why. You know, turn it up uh, in in Dallas. Uh, show out that you're the Super Bowl, you know, runner ups, and had just a marvelous season last year on offense. And just to kind of fall flat, it was just embarrassing to me, um, especially with like Dalton Schultz going down and Zeke's not even playing at full speed. It's like, and you got Cooper. I mean, we can go through it, but uh, not much needs to be said. I don't think anything of Dallas because of this win. I'm just more or less like, well, you better start picking it up, boys, because it's going to be a it's going to be a pretty you know average to blow average season for Cincinnati if they continue on this path. Yeah, they 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 need to figure out how to protect uh, Joe Burrow. Apparently, <laughs> um, I mean, I know it's easier said than done when you got Michael Parsons and everything like that, but. You know, you got your franchise quarterback. You got three stud wide receivers. You got to be able to figure out how to get to them. Uh, no excuse to not beat the, the Cowboys here. Uh, just shorthanded. Yeah, uh, no no Prescott, a, a banged up Zeke and everything. It's like, and, you know, Noah Brown's all of a sudden becoming coming out of uh, being becoming a stud. You know, it, it almost is like, is this Kellen Moore like showing off a little bit? Or is this just the, the Bengals just not uh, producing, you know? So... Um, kind of poor showings for you know so far in the first couple games for uh, both the Rams and, and the Bengals side. Um, but at least hey, the, the the Rams have you know a, a dub to show for it. So, uh, but yeah, the Bengals uh, they they, they really need to uh, uh, step up their game, I think here. But this is definitely a winnable game that you know I feel like after last last week's game, this was definitely one that they, they should have won. So, yeah, I mean, speaking of stepping up their game. Uh, the Broncos won sixteen to nine over the Houston Texans. Uh, Wayne, pass or grass on this one? I'll yeah, I'll, I'll grass it for sure. I mean, I think you know, uh, yeah, Wilson is he's he's passing a sudden, which I'm happy for. I think we both got sudden. So, um, hundred was it twenty two yards here? Uh, you know, Javante Williams had had himself a decent game too. Um, you know, with the the Texans, that's definitely a very winnable uh, it's a team to beat. Um, granted, hey, they're, the 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 Texans are like, you know, I think they were kind of my sleeper pick out of that you know weaker division. So you know, I know um, 
yeah, like I, I think that the, the Texans are with Lovey and, and having that more de- more of a defensive mindset there. Uh, they'll be doing okay, but you know, kudos to the uh, the Broncos defense, and then Russell Wilson kind of you know uh, being all Russell Wilson leading on that defense and making the smart plays there. Um, you know, so I, I think it was it was a good overall, I guess, team win if you will for the Broncos. Uh, but you know, they, they definitely have, you know, I, I think another level that they need to reach to for Broncos fans to feel comfortable, uh, where they're at right now. But, um, you know, because they probably ought to have blown out the Houston Texans, but at the same time, you know, if I'm a Texans fan, uh, I, I'm kind of feeling happy actually, you know, uh, with the with the tie and a loss, uh, we're you know, two games in, so yeah, yeah, um. Yeah, Texans, you know, it's going to be tough sledding, I think, for the rest of the year. Uh, I like what Damian Pierce did in game two, just getting it out of Rex Burkhead's hands and uh, giving him all the carries and uh, some of the passing work. So it seems like Lovey really likes this guy. Um, He just continues to say good things about him. But, uh, yeah, on Denver's end, like, this is just kind of sad. Like, you brought in Russell Wilson. um, You've got all these weapons. You've got a stout defense. Uh, defense obviously showed out, you know, giving up nine points is nothing and did a great job in week one against Seattle. It's just Wilson, you know, 14 for 31. I mean, that's not Russ, uh, you know, one touchdown, one interception. I mean, that's subpar. Um, didn't rush for anything. So, you know, really fell on sudden. I know they lost Judy too, but, uh, you know, I, we we just got to see it. We got to see it next week, the week after um, for them to be taken more seriously. If they're going to be anything more than a wild card team or, or, you know, just a 500 team this year, like, you know, Russell's going to have to step his game up for sure. So we'll see where that goes, but uh, very encouraging to see the two head monster that is Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Uh, Javante averaged like five yards a carry. I think the same for Gordon. Um, that's this is a tough duo. That's a tough combo to stop, and such a good weapon for Russell to have, which makes me even more surprised that his passing numbers are so, you know, subpar. So uh, we'll see where this goes. Um, I'm, I'm hoping, or you know, at least thinking that brighter days are ahead for Russell. Um, I want him to have a good year. I really do. So uh, we'll see where this goes. But uh, you know, Denver at least got a victory out of this, and uh, can maybe learn for next week. Yeah, win's a win. It's definitely not a, a sexy win for sure, especially with uh, you know this division that they're playing in with all the all the studs at quarterback on offense and, and defense too now. So, uh, yeah, hopefully the best uh, games are ahead for sure. Cardinals over the um, Raiders, twenty nine twenty three on the road uh, in overtime. Wayne Passergrass. Um, I yeah, I'll, I'll I think I'll grasp this. You know. Uh, Kyler Murray, uh, you know, definitely bounced back there, I, I, I think. And, uh, man, that's it was such a hard loss, I think, as a Raiders fan. But I think Raiders fans are like, nope, used to this stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Hunter Renfro, you know, with the fumble at the end there. Um, and then, yeah, for, for uh, the return for a touchdown in overtime, like that's that's very heartbreaking there. Um but you know, giving up the lead too and everything, like it was like sixteen, I think, was the unanswered points in the in the fourth quarter. So it's like, you know, uh, not not a good. Uh, I don't know if it's McDaniel's or what, but you know, so, something's up there with regards to uh, being able to preserve a lead. Uh, you know, especially you know against like uh, the Cardinals and yeah, like the Raiders, they're they're in a tough division too. So 
you know, an 0 2 start against uh, in this division with, you know, the, the studs at, uh, you know, the Chargers, or the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. And then you were talking about also the, the, the Broncos who are just underperforming. Like, you know, a, a game like this, they, they have to seal the deal here. So just not a good, uh, not a good loss whatsoever. I mean, no loss is good, right? But this definitely was not a, uh, a good loss for them. Um, and yeah, they, they let it kind of get away there. And yeah, uh, such a turn of events and over time, I think with Ren- Renfro, they were about to get into field goal position and then just popped it up. So um, yeah, not, not a good game for them, but if I'm a Cardinals fan, you know, Hey, I'll take this, <laughs> I think. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on the Cardinals side of things. I mean, what resolve Kyler Murray showed in this game, because they were down 23 to seven and, uh, you know, he just kept coming back, kept fighting. I feel like they were down to their last out, their last strike. And he just threw an absolute bullet, um, of a touchdown to get him into overtime. And, uh, you know, good for him. He could have just easily, uh, you know, been nonchalant and kind of, I don't know, sometimes he just seems kind of checked out about winning football games. And, uh, you know, he really stepped it up because they take a loss here. I mean, it would have been, a, you know, a, like a pretty poor start to the year. And who knows, uh, you know, where they would have led, you know, momentum wise. So big win for Kyler. Uh, the overtime was exciting. Um, you know, the Renfro you know, two fumbles almost back to back, it seemed like, and, you know, they got a lucky recovery by the tight end on the first one. And, you know, last one just got poked out and taken uh, to the house by uh, Byron Murphy. But uh, while I was watching that, uh, Byron Murphy seemed to like kind of lift up his arm and, you know, throw it into the end zone. (laughs) And we were like double checking the replay. Did did this guy actually get rid of it before (laughs) he hit the pay dirt? And, uh, you know, we've seen that in the past and stuff, but like, you know, regardless, uh, you know, good win for the Cardinals to stay in the race. I think that they're, you know, a viable playoff contender in the NFC for sure. Um, the Raiders, like you said, it's going to be an uphill battle now with, uh, you know, who they have to go against twice a year. And then, you know, just in general, it seems like that, uh, you know, offensive line is, you know, just leaking. Uh, you know, there are holes there. It's, it's just going to be tough. So, uh, you know, they're going to really have to string some wins together here to, kind of, uh, you know, keep themselves in the race, but uh, I don't have much faith there. So good on the Cardinals, but, you know, Raiders need uh, a lot of work to be done. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'd be interesting if they maybe try to utilize, like, Josh Jacobs more of the backfield uh, to slow down things and get the offensive line situated more. But, um, I mean, yeah, you know, playoffs last season, but, yeah, like I said, this division's so, uh, so good. Like, you you, you can't let wins like this uh, uh, slip away, so. For sure. Um, Bears on the road in Lambeau, Sunday night game. Um, Bears 10, Packers 27. Wayne, pass or grass? I'll be nice. I'll pass it to you, bro. Ah, man. Well, I guess the first quarter was nice. I mean, I was like, hey, that was a good drive. And hey, we scored. And, um, you know, we look like we're ready to compete tonight. And uh, it didn't take long for Aaron Rodgers and company to just kind of do what they always do. They kind of own us. Uh, you know, he's, he's said as much, uh, year after year. Um, yeah, they've got our number. Um, they're a better team. I, you know, going into Lambeau Sunday night, there was no way Aaron Rodgers wasn't gonna show up. I mean, the two headed monster in the backfield is nice. I mean, I think any team like the, you know, Broncos would love to have two running backs like Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Um, I still don't know who, Aaron Rodgers' favorite target is uh, as far as his wide receiving core goes, but in a lot of ways it doesn't 
necessarily matter that much. I mean, I really feel like he's in a Tom Brady situation too. Like he can just kind of do what he does and he doesn't have to be, you know, above and beyond, uh, you know, excellent as a quarterback to have his team win football games here. But, uh, you know, they did what they had to do to the bears, um, on the bears side. I don't know. Um, I mean, I feel like they established a running game early on with Montgomery, which looked really nice off the bat. Um, didn't seem like they did much after the fact. I don't think Mooney, uh, did much again in the second straight week. And, uh, you know, that was his favorite target last year. So, you know, maybe this is coaching, maybe it's scheme, maybe, uh, you know, something's off this year. or He's got just like a new perspective when I talk about like Justin, Justin Fields, but, uh, yeah, you know, I'm not panicking about this because I kind of have tempered expectations about the Bears this season. But, uh, you know, I'd like to see them just take strides game by game. And uh, not that this was like a really huge setback for them, but uh, yeah, it was just kind of puzzling to know, like, what's this offense going to really be based upon? Yeah, I know. For, yeah, like it, it. I think I saw a stat something about, was it Justin Fields has 28 uh, pass attempts, uh, you know, in the, in the first two games of the season, whereas there's no other team that has, uh, or yeah, there's no other team that has less than 28 completions, completions. Wow. So I'm like, are we going backwards as a franchise? Like, Hey, I get this whole like first game. Like I feel like, Bears fans are just making excuses here. So it's like, yeah, like so 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 did the uh was it the uh the Niners? They you know they played the same game too. Jimmy Garoppolo is still throwing more balls than Justin Fields. So it's like, you know, do they not trust him? Like, what's the big deal here? Uh, you know, you you drafted, you 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 know, as a franchise, you know, maybe not you know, Ryan Poles and everything, right? But he is the franchise quarterback. You're not going to let him rip it like ever so often, like to Mooney, to Komet, to whoever, like you're just passing it Griffin. You're just passing it St. Brown. Like, come on, you know, and Hey, take all the fantasy flair out of it and everything. Um, like, can he, like, can they just not pass like, you know, intermediate passing? Is that out of the question? You know? Yeah. I, it was nice to see some bootlegs here and there, some play action, all that, but you know, three step drops, you know, a hitch rod here and there or slant, like, is that out of the picture? Like they, they just have no faith in him. So it's nice that they were incorporating the, the run game and, and all that still, but at the same time, something's got to give, there has to be much more of this modern day passing game that bears fans have dismissed uh, that the rest of the NFL has. And, you know, if, if the idea is that this is just going to be another year, just like this without, and we've we've talked about this before. Like we looked at this roster, and it's like, you know, I know a lot of Bears fans are like, oh yeah, Mooney's gonna be great or whatever, Komet's gonna be great and all that. Like we were both like, I mean, <laughs> you know, they're fine, but not at all. Like you know, uh, they're not Mooney's not uh, WR one. He's just not. Uh, he's not that that stud and everything like that. Solid wide receiver, but you know, not that stud. That being said, pass it to him. <laughs> you know, so. I don't know what Getsy's whole deal is uh, about being so conservative like this. Like this isn't some JV squad, right? Like, you know, you, you, you have a first round quarterback there with an arm with, with all the talent in the world, like let them, let them rip it. So, yeah. You know, I, you know, it's just going to take some time. And I mean, 
they're just going to need to establish a more modern style of offense. Just give it a shot. I mean, even if he ends up just, you know, going 10 for 30 or something, you just got to get in a rhythm here of playing a modern style of football. I mean, there's just no way you can handcuff this guy and just not unleash him and just expect him to progress with, you know, scrambling and handing the ball off and you know, doing dumb passes and stuff like that's just not, it's not productive. I mean, I'd rather see him fall flat than to kind of be babied like this. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, by year three, he's going to have to be like a stud and ready to go, or we're going to have to like seriously consider next steps. And I don't think that's to any fault of Justin Fields. I just think it's the way that he's being coached and drug along here. And he's not well supported either. I mean, we've, we talked about this. It's like, that offensive line was kind of piecemeal and the, the, the weapons are just, okay, does anybody want a job around, you know, the NFL free agency circuit? It was like, yeah, you can come play for the bears. So it's like, you know, with that, I mean, he's not set up very much for progression for success, obviously. And, you know, we're all kind of waiting for, you know, this off season to come. And I mean, I hate to jump ahead so, so far, but uh, you know, waiting to see what they do with the hundred million dollars they have available and, you know, possibly some new draft picks and stuff. Like maybe we can just add a bunch of weapons and other stuff for him to kind of go along with. But uh, mm. yeah, without any sh- like signs of showing he's progressing, like that's going to be very hard to kind of picture as like, okay, okay, what would he actually do with a real team? Yeah. And how about that? Also the run defense too, uh, Roquan, uh, you know, Hey man, uh, sorry, man. It's hard. It's hard to say, like to show you the money and, give you the top linebacker money and all that after this game. But, you know, I understand, Hey, it's a, it's a different system and all that, but yeah, this was not his best game whatsoever. This is probably one of his worst games he's had as a bear. Um, just, you know, every single time we saw him, uh, he just could not shut a blocker and Aaron Jones, Dylan, whoever, uh, they, they always had somebody on him and yeah, uh, just not the best game overall. So, uh, it, yeah, it was not the best game, I think, as uh, as a Bears fan for sure, losing to the Aaron Rodgers again uh, on primetime Packers and everything. So, uh, but yeah, it I, I definitely agree with what you said with uh, Justin Fields. So um, we 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 definitely need to rethink and reevaluate how we do all these things with quarterbacks and like grooming them for success. So because yeah, it's not happening. Gotcha. Um... Moving on to the Monday night slate, we had two games. The first one, Titans 7, Bills 41 in Buffalo. Uh, Wayne Passergrass. Yeah, uh, I mean, the Titans, Buffalo, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll grass it. Sure, whatever. Uh, I mean, they are the best team. The Buffalo Bills are the best team in football right now, hands down. Uh, they're kind of just toying around the teams. You know, they toyed around. Basically, we're toying around with the Super Bowl, the defending Super Bowl champions. And, you know, Tennessee, I know we've knocked on them. Like, they're still a decent team. They clobber them uh, 41-7. So, you know, uh, yeah, Josh Allen is kind of like the front. I don't, I don't know if he is. Maybe maybe the front runner of the MVP uh, just because, yeah, they're 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 killing the bowling out teams. And he's having a hell of a season. I know he had some interceptions, uh, you know, with the Rams and everything. but. Um, apart from that, you know, just been killing it. Stephon Diggs, killing it. Uh, yeah, that defense with Von Miller, like they've taken it to the next level uh, compared to last season for sure. And, you know, he's made everybody uh, in that pass rush just so much better, I feel like. 
uh, and including the secondary. And that really just goes to show like the premium that a good pass rusher uh, has for an NFL defense. So um, yeah, uh, as good of a, as, as a look as possible. And Hey, it was also nice for, I guess, from the Tennessee Titans perspective, Malik Willis looked okay. Like, you know, so got some time out there. So good, good for him. And, um, but yeah, Bills are the best team in football right now. Yeah, you, you definitely took one of my points about Malik Willis getting some some airtime there. I mean, it had to happen at 41, you know, nothing, 41-7. So, um, you know, good on Tennessee for, you know, getting that going early on. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as, uh, you know, the Bills go, Josh Allen, again, I think, like, coming into this year, I just expected them to kind of embarrass teams. I think, like, when you get that close to, uh, you know, tasting the Super Bowl and, you know, having it fall right through your fingers, it wasn't like they did anything bad. I just think the KFC Chiefs, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs just, you know, outplayed them in that game and just had that extra opportunity at the end. And it's just like coming in this year, we just knew that they were going to be fired up. And you're just going to be like pissed off, <laughs> just like wanting to embarrass teams. And I think like they're going to continue to do this. And, you know, whether it ends up in a Super Bowl victory is one thing, but, uh, they're they're by far uh, you know at the top of the power rankings I would say so far um, in the NFL. Uh, no no disrespect to the Chiefs who would probably you know hear this and just stew on it as they continue to win as well. But uh, man, if we're setting ourselves up for another NFC Championship game with with these boys like on both sides, KC Buffalo, like I'm like take my money. I'm ready to listen. Yeah, no. If it's anything like that, uh, that matchup, that's gonna be that's that's gonna be the Super Bowl essentially. Like, I mean, those teams are, you know, if they're all healthy, uh, come you know championship time, uh, those two teams. I don't know how you, how you can't bet against them or how how you can bet against them really. So I don't know if there's any NFC team that can necessarily compete with them, uh, apart from both of our picks of the Bucks, right? So, but you know, right now those te- two teams are looking hot. So, and I would love to see them play. I don't know if they're playing like, you know, uh, earlier this season, but I would love to see both of them compete like where they're playing at right now. Right. That would be awesome. But um, yeah, Kansas city chiefs and Buffalo bills uh, right now, they're just the the top of the food chain. They're just eating teams up. So uh, happy to see all that. Yeah. Well, keep your TV on uh, for week six when the, Bills travel to KC to to play the Chiefs. Oh my so God, that's gonna, gonna be, be nuts. <laughs> <laughs> put it put it down. Uh, it'll be at four twenty five on October sixteenth. So I'm just looking through the Bills schedule right now, and man, that's gonna be a good one. Seriously, uh, not to say whoever wins that is like the surefire, you know, winner of the the conference, but uh, I mean, messages will be sent for sure. So that uh, I'll hope to be tuning in tuning in on that uh, that weekend that day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And they also got the Ravens, looks like I'm looking at the Bills schedule now. Yeah, they also got the Ravens on October 2nd. So, you know, as long as, you know, Kyle Hamilton is back a little bit and everything not screwing up on the, in his coverages, then, you know, that should be a great game too, I think. So uh, definitely we'll be watching the Bills, I think, uh, the next couple, next couple of games here. Gotcha. Um, and finally, um, you know, staying on teams that are showing out a lot and improving their their strength and superiority. The Philadelphia Eagles um, took care of the Minnesota Vikings 24-7 at home. Uh, Wayne Passer-Grass. I'll pass it off to you, man. I know, yeah, your Eagles were your team, right? So here we go. 
Yeah, I, I just think I think I said it earlier with Tom Brady. It's like I think the Eagles have such a good roster that Jalen Hurts just has to be good. He doesn't have to be great. He just has to take care of the ball. He's got to you know take advantage of opportunities that are beneficial to him. You know, get them in field goal range. You know, when they're at the goal line, you know, try to take care of most of those opportunities, put up some points, and the rest will be history. I think this is a team that's super dynamic. I mean, Hurts, you know, rushing for a couple scores, uh, so mobile, uh, proving that he actually has an arm and, and is decent accuracy. I mean, he threw pretty nice touchdown ball to Quez Watkins for a score uh, that I saw earlier in the game. And, uh, man, I just think this team's fun. They're young. They're healthy. I mean, this is going to be just, I, I think, a breakout party for the Eagles this year, um, you know, especially with where the NFC East uh, currently stands and, the rest of the NFC, I mean, I think there are holes there. So, you know, they, they'll, I think they'll get double-digit double wins and, you know, comfortably go into the playoffs in, in some form. Um, on the other side of the ball, just really weird to see Kirk Cousins kind of take a step back because, you know, he had a good first week, uh, new offense, new scheme. He's got, you know, great weapons around him, and he just kind of put up a Kirk Cousins-type clunker. I like Kirk Cousins. I always have. I, I still will. I mean, if I had to – if somebody dropped them, dropped him, uh, you know, this week, and I had to pick between Tua and him, I, I you know, I'd be hard pressed, man. I'd probably pick up Cousins, man. I, I like this guy as like just, uh, you know, he's a fixture. He's not uh, anything more than a you know good quarterback. I feel like, but um, just a disappointing game. I mean, Jefferson had only you know, I think it was like six receptions for almost fifty yards, and he had like twelve targets or something. It was just a very quiet game. Um. But, you know, th- this score and outcome seem pretty, re- you know, I, I understand, I guess I, I was comfortable with this. I didn't think that Minnesota like outright failed. I just think that this equals team is a little bit superior, especially at home. So I think Minnesota will bounce back. I don't think this is anything to panic about. It's just, uh, you know, tough game on a Monday night on the road with a, you know, uh, excited fan base in Philly and uh, a team that's like just rolling ahead. I mean, this was definitely, I feel like, a Kirk Cousins step. It was prime time. <laughs> what's, his, what's his record on prime time? Like, it's like Owen, like, nothing. Or, like, <laughs> Owen, like, like, 20 or something like that. And Except, I think, two, I think he, 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 the only team he can beat on prime time, I believe, are, are the Bears. So, it's like, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, he, he just doesn't show up for, you know, whatever reasons. He, you know, he's, it's definitely a Kirk Cousins type of game, but. Uh, you know, yeah, to the uh, Eagles point, more so to the Eagles, you know, great defensive effort. Uh, you know, they, they really just made sure that Kirk Cousins was going to beat them. Like, they were like, we're going to stop Dalvin Cook and hey, Kirk Cousins, you beat us, right? Um, with our secondary and our pass rush, you know, Sweat had a great game. Fletcher Cox had a good game, too. Uh, and Darius Slay picked up two interceptions. So, you know, good overall defensive effort. Um, and yeah, I know, I think there was a couple like drop passes here and there too, from the Vikings. So that certainly didn't help. I think, uh, Irv Smith had like a, uh, like a wide open fly rat that he just flat out dropped. So, um, you know, they, they definitely had some chances there, but, um, yeah, great overall team victory. And, you know, this is like how you, how you're supposed to build around a quarterback, right? That you draft, right? You have a solid offensive line. Uh, you have you know, a running back that is capable. Uh, you have some wide receivers. You have a veteran wide receiver. 
to help out with a young quarterback to build up confidence for them to pass to you. You do all these things. And then, yeah, you have a good coaching staff to help groom all that and put it all together. So, um, yeah, it's that this is definitely the the ideal type of situation, I think, for Jalen Hurts. And, yeah, he's definitely taking that. I, I think it seems like he's taking that next level of, you know, uh, kind of, yeah, I think you brought like the whole Marcus, uh, uh, the whole Lamar Jackson type of comparison in terms of, yeah, you know, having a decent offense, like in terms of passing, uh, you know, not you, not having to do anything more than you have to, like taking whatever the defense gives you, and then yeah, if you see an opening for for to, for a nice run, uh, yeah, make make some plays with your legs, uh, kind of like what you know a lot of people are talking about with Trubisky, like hey, you know, earlier on you can run, go ahead and run, you don't have to like you know figure out who to pass to. I think there are so many instances where Trubisky had nobody in front of him, but was trying to find somebody to pass it to. It's like bro, just run, it's okay. It's okay. You're a white quarterback. We get it. You know, white quarterback <laughs> quarterback's supposed to pass it. You can run it for, you know, 10, 15 yards and then pass later. So, um, but yeah, Joan Hurts, I think he's doing good. And, um, you know, yeah, uh, this is a good, this is as good of a team as they're, def- they're definitely going to be, I think, uh, uh, taking the division uh, just, you know, from what we've seen so far. So for sure. Just for the record, uh, Kirk Cousins is 10 and 18 now in prime time, uh, two and 10 in Monday night football games, uh, three and four on Thursdays, four and four on Sundays and one and zero oh on Saturdays. So, uh, lucky for him, no playoff game should fall on a Monday, but, uh, yeah, man, that's pretty brutal. That's pretty brutal. I didn't know all that, but, uh, yeah, man, I still like me some Kirk Cousins, man. I don't know why. He just, I don't know. He just seems like a nice guy. He just, you know, <laughs> comes in, throws a couple deep balls, like hits JJ, J Jets uh, going yeah. deep and uh, checks down to Thielen. Like, I don't know, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. His, yeah. his career has been interesting, right? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, people forget that it was him. Uh, I think he was drafted in the third round. And then, yeah, the first round was Robert Griffin the third, right? For the, yeah. you know, the, the now commanders, right? Um, so that's, it's interesting how that all transpired. Cause like, well, first off, you know, no team ever drafts this, a quarterback, uh, twice in the same, you know, NFL draft. Right. But they did in like the first, like, you know, uh, three rounds. So it was interesting that they did that because I think from my understanding, I think it was, it might've been Snyder that wanted Griffin, Griffith third, but I think Shanahan wanted uh cousins, something, something on those lines. And I was like, well, Hey, look at them now. Like Kirk cousins. I mean, Granted, yeah, Griffin uh, had a lot of you know, injuries and, uh, you know, all, all that things with Shanahan and, and, and how that was all managed. But, you know, hey, look, Kirk Cousins is still kicking it. And, um, you know, this is as bad of a game as Kirk Cousins will have probably this season. So um, that's it. And, you know, he's going to have, you know, with the weapons he has, he's going to have decent games ahead of him. So um, and he's definitely had a lot, a pretty formidable career. Uh, but you know, uh, like I said, this is definitely a Kirk Cousins game. So, <laughs> yeah, I definitely thought Cousins got a raw deal while in Washington. I mean, he's good. He's not great. He's good. But sometimes I think people get so enamored with what what great could be or how you know amazing it'd be if we had a great quarterback. Sometimes it's like, well, you got somebody who's like pretty consistent and um, puts a pretty good you know passing uh, stats year after year and. You know, it's pretty stable within this locker room. So, like, why don't we just build around this guy? So, 
kind of feel like that was the year where when he won that playoff game, he's, you know, kind of yelling back at uh, the GM. I mean, you feel like he had like a, a classic line that's uh, going over my head at this moment. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, D.C. has a history of wanting an African-American quarterback. Uh, Doug Williams, Donovan McNabb, Jason Campbell, Robert Griffin III. Um, you know, the list kind of goes on, but I mean, I feel like in the city, um, you know, African-American population is pretty strong and the fan base is, um, you know, more or less from a marketing standpoint, I feel like Snyder has always been kind of after that. So like, that's at least why, you know, maybe there was that little, uh, you know, uh, separation between, you know, the Griffin camp and the cousins camp at that time. But, uh, yeah, I mean. We could go on and on about Robert Griffin, his career and everything like that. But uh, yeah, in any case, uh, we'll see where this goes. Chalk it up as a, you know, Monday, another Monday night loss for Cousins and maybe the Vikings <laughs> uh, can still find their way, you know, into a playoff mix here. I think they've they've shown that they can compete this year and, you know, NFC is pretty thin. So we'll have yeah. to just see. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of owners, uh, you know, not Daniel Schneider, but uh, Robert Sarver in the National Basketball Association. We covered him um, in our last episode. We talked about race, uh, you know, sexual harassment, uh, you know, kind of what all happened in Phoenix and, you know, his his doing and all that. And what the NBA's response was, they gave him a year, they gave him a $10 million fine. And, uh, you know, LeBron, Chris Paul, others uh, spoke out about that. and. Uh, Man, no kidding. Today, sitting at work, seeing a uh, an alert pop up on my phone that he's looking to sell both the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury of the WNBA. I mean, couldn't be happier. I mean, su- you know, n- not surprised, but just like relieved a little bit. Like, thank you, um, Wayne. What'd you What'd you make of all this? Yeah, no, I I think I read his apology, uh, and it was like I I, I, I kind of like. Uh, uh agreed i think with like was it richard jefferson i think he said something along the so like richard jefferson like he's definitely like an arizona boy and everything like i think that's where he's from went to college there uh you know uh knows the owner and everything but then also has heard from a lot of people within the sun's uh mercury organization about all these things uh after kind of after the fact after these reports kind of came out uh, so he's like, this guy needs to go. So he's definitely excited about all that. But then, yeah, to this whole apology thing, it was kind of like, uh, it was it was kind of like, a, 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 a sh- I don't know, kind of like a anti-cancel culture thing, which I'm like, is this the route you want to go with? <laughs> you know, like, you definitely did some crappy stuff. And it's like, as an owner, I think that's one thing that, um, you know, is is the biggest difference here. You're the owner of the franchise. So we talk about organizational power dynamics and, and things of that nature, right? It's like if you were, I don't know, some sort of janitor, some sort of you know low-level employee, an intern, whatever, and you, you said all these things, like, it, it, will the, do the sons have to, like, issue a statement? No, they're just going to be like, this guy's just, you know, a douchebag, whatever. But if you're the owner and you're doing all these things, you know, saying the n-word or whatever like I, hey I, there could be this whole debate i guess like is it okay if you're referencing past whatever just as an owner don't say it just don't say it so like you just don't say it um and and then also you know talking about this whole things like the sexual harassment like with pregnant women too and all like you're the owner like that is a responsibility um that's 
kind of what you signed on the dotted line for, if you will, with regards to, uh, you know, being able, it, it, it is a privilege, like, and, you know, these things can be taken away because of the way you act and behave. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that's the biggest, I think that's my biggest takeaway with regards to that. Um, like, Hey, you know, we can say whatever we want about cancel culture. Great. Whatever. But if you're the owner of a franchise and you're, you're talking about these things and then, uh, you know, kind of promoting a sexual harassment type of environment, that is, that's just not acceptable for really any organization. Um, so that's strongly as where it is, you know, if you're an owner, you, you can't really like fire the CEO in a way because you kind of are the CEO, right? So it's like, this is, you know, the next best thing that you can do. And, you know, with regards to how the NBA is structured, it's definitely, you know, uh, the kind of all the owners have a say with regards to who is an owner. So it's kind of like, you know, survivor, if you will, with regards to that. <laughs> um, you know, if somebody is uh, a detriment to the rest of the league, such as this, such as also what we saw with Sterling, it's like, you're, you're saying a lot of crappy things about, you know, African-Americans and, the, and guess what? The NBA is like, what, 70, 80 percent black. So that's not a good thing. Um, so he had to go. Um, and yeah, it's uh, with power dynamics and power structure. And hey, we can say what we want about council culture and all that. Fair enough. But if you're the owner of a predominantly African-American league and you're saying all these things and then you're also talking about misogyny and all that that's that that's crossing the line there so yeah those are my thoughts yeah i mean robert sarver grab your torch uh you know you're you're off the island uh you know the, tri- <laughs> the tribe is spoken at this point buddy like this dude deserves to be canceled i mean i'm not a guy who like sits back and like oh i'm gonna cancel this guy because he said you know this or that or it was like offensive that one time or you know or whatever else like I think people deserve second chances, but when you establish a culture like that, um, just awful because you got to think of the people that have to be obedient in those situations and kind of follow the lead. You know, nobody wants to hurt their own career. Nobody wants to have that all go sideways and be a martyr in those situations. Like it's really hard for people to stand up and have courage against, you know, the guy who's signing their checks or whatever. So just to get him out of there and just like, you know, if this guy's already prone to this stuff, I don't want to hear an apology. Like, just just leave because, you know, it, it's already like damage done. And um, anybody who's thinking about playing for you is going to have, you know, second thoughts about, you know, what that may represent or, you know, what that may say to people of their own culture, their own kind and stuff. So, yeah, this guy just deserves to, you know, be ejected from his seat and, uh, you know, no parachute. Just let him fly away. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, sorry, I was going to say, like, I have no sympathy whatsoever. <laughs> but, oh, I have to sell a team. Oh, my God. You know, uh, I think he bought it, like, maybe, a, I forget when he bought it, but I think he bought it for, like, $400 million or something like that. And then now he is probably going to, they were last valued at, like, two some odd billion. He's fine. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't care. Like, like oh, go. man, I just yeah. bought this beach house uh, you know, <laughs> 2015 and now we're in the pandemic and, you know, it's going to hurricane. But shit, I guess I you know, <laughs> multiplied my my home value by 10, you know, 10 yeah. times. So I guess I'll get out of here before the hurricane hits. But yeah, yeah man, no, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, awesome. Awesome that this actually all worked out, though. Like, I'm glad that, you know, what LeBron said, Chris Paul said actually mattered. It led to change. Um, it makes the whole Phoenix situation so much more interesting with whoever they may end up selling it to. 
a destination that people could be happy about because even before all this crap hit the fan, people were always talking down about Phoenix as, you know, how as an organization and how they're run, how they're owned. You know, this guy's a cheapskate, I've heard. It's like, just get him out of there, man. Like, just drain that swamp and, uh, you know, start anew. Um, but just the message it sends, too, is so nice because it creates a threshold of, like, tolerance. It's like, okay, we now know if you say five N-words, you're out. If you do what Donald Sterling did, you're out. If you do what Don Imus did, you're off the air. It's like, keep this stuff going because, seriously, man, we're fighting so many forces right now in this world, like, with you know, just hate and people coming from the other side of things that, you know, that's gaining momentum in the same, you know, same sense and on a different wavelength. But it's like, man, just to have, uh, you know, some of our, you know, modes of entertainment, things we enjoy kind of be cleaned up, like very important to me. So, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you, Robert Sarver. Yeah, I hope you, <laughs> I hope you listen to the Ball and Breakfast podcast, you idiot. Like, just get is this it, guy out of here, man. I'm, I'm just pitching him crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> it is Jerk. funny. <laughs> he's listening. He's listening on Anchor right now, somewhere, somewhere <laughs> at like a you know <laughs> Anchor <laughs> management <laughs> meeting or something. He's, he's pissed off. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take yeah, that. You, <laughs> we're not talking about you anymore. You're now you're off the list of topics for good. Shifting over to something that may be wiped clean. Uh, Chicago White Sox in their (laughs) 2022 season. They're going at it right now with the Guardians. Uh, You know, we checked earlier on. It was 5-0 Cleveland after just a a really bad loss the night before uh, in extras. Yeah, they're down 8-2 right now in the bottom of the ninth. So, um, Wayne... I don't know. If we lose this game, we're down we're down six games to Cleveland with like a week and a half to go. And you know, they've got the tiebreaker. So if we tie, they go in anyway. Um I don't know. How do you feel about all this? Uh you know, the game itself, you know, maybe today or yesterday, or you know, what's your takeaway this season and you know, where do we go from here if, if we don't, you know, make it to the promised land? Yeah, I'll I mean, disappointing season overall. Um, I think my biggest thing is like, why can't we play well at home? Like, (laughs) right now, what we're thirty-five and eight uh, at home. Away, we have like forty-one and thirty-four, about the same record as the Guardians. Actually, they're forty-one thirty-five right now, Um, and it's like, you know, at home they're forty and thirty-one. Like. Why can't we just win at home? Why can't we protect this house? So, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the, I don't know, the commutes or whatever from everybody. Uh, we just can't win at home, man. You, when you can't protect your house uh, in baseball or, or really any, you know, major league sport, then, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that you're going against a lot of headwinds there. So, um, but yeah, if, if, you know, I'm assuming we're going to lose and everything here. Uh, and go down six games back. So, yeah, disappointing season overall. Um, nice that we were able to make a little bit of a run in here kind of at the end. But, you know, unless we went all out and all of a sudden, like, the Guardians collapse at the end of the season, which I don't anticipate happening. They're playing pretty good baseball. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it it doesn't look good. And, uh, yeah, this, this something's going to have to give, I think, this, this coming off season. Yeah. 
this is the second straight year where we, we talked a little bit of trash out of turn. Like last year was Ryan Tepra talking talking about the Houston Astros during the ALDS, and then you know this year uh, Elvis Andrews basically just said like I think the Guardians are going to collapse. So this <laughs> is like shut up, like hold you guys shut up, like stop talking. You know we're not that good. Um, you know if we have to talk at this point, like. You know, we're probably just trying to peacock on the whole situation stuff. But uh, I got to say, man, as the year winds down, um, obviously just like a really, yeah, really disappointing year. One that I kind of try to avoid. Like I try to avoid watching games. I try to avoid like watching scores live in like in real time because it was always kind of a letdown. But they did really show some signs of life in the second half. I mean, I feel like at one point they were cruising along out of the All-Star, you know, break and uh you know they've had a pretty decent um august as well just uh you know getting the team back somewhat eloy jimenez started hitting home runs batting consistently andrew vaughn had a complete season great year for him i like i love where that's all going on the offensive side you know there are some bright spots with this team and there is a lot of talent it's just like yeah we're just gonna need to i think um reboot a little bit um bring in some fresh legs, maybe make a creative trade or two. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, the guardians have had a good year too. I don't want to short sell like what they've accomplished this year because, you know, I think they've just played with a lot of unity. I think, you know, the white Sox could learn a lot from a team like the guardians, like just how, you know, fundamentally, fundamentally sound they've played and, uh, you know, just had what seemed to be great camaraderie throughout the entire year. And, yeah, pitching staff showed up, um, especially Bieber and uh, Tristan McKenzie. You know, they're getting other guys toward the back end of the of the staff that are, you know, showing up too. But, um, yeah, they're usually like a pretty class act organization. I've always actually liked the Cleveland organization, Indians, Guardians, because of how they play the game. I mean, I just, you know, I reluctantly, <laughs> I can't get behind the Twins the same way just because they've just always been like, our arch nemesis and the Detroit Tigers are just trash. So I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've always had respect for Cleveland and, uh, you know, if they get in, I'll, I'll, I'll root for them somewhat, but, uh, yeah, man, just, just a tough season and, uh, you know, hope we can bounce back next year. Yeah. I think next year, I mean, you know, uh, different changes. I, Frank Medicino got to go. Like, (laughs) I don't know how, how you can go from like, like you just look at our roster and it's like, where do we expect in terms of our hitting? Uh, okay. Where are we performing? Like it, it just doesn't match. Um, so he's got to go at least. And then, you know, we've both spoken about Tony Russo and everything there too. And it's like, you know, now, now we now, I guess the conversation, if that's, if that is to occur, then who's going to be the new manager? I know we've both spoken about uh, some of our picks in there then. There's also not Miguel Cairo. It's like, does he get a shot now? Like, you know, did okay and everything like that. But um, I don't know. So we'll see. I'm going to be looking forward to, I guess, some postseason baseball. And, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of just good baseball teams out there that are playing right now. So very, very much looking forward to all that. Um, I am going to be going to, uh, on Friday, going to be going to the Yankee game uh, against the Red Sox. So hoping to see some history there now with Aaron Judge now, huh? I mean, yeah, I, that was uh, another, you know, point we were going to touch on. We've talked about Judge uh, this season as far as MVPs go and, you know, what it would take for him to stand out clearly, at least uh, in in my mind, your mind as an MVP. 
um, you know, winner for the ale. Um, to me, it's 62. And it's kind of cool. Is like on Friday, you may actually get to see that live. That'd be so awesome. But uh, man, what a season he's having. And, uh, you know, he's in the 60 home run club now. And, you know, I'm, I, you know, he hasn't reportedly taken any sort of PEDs that we know of. I really, truly, hopefully, you know, hope that's the case and that he did this, um, you know, as uh, as cleanly as possible in in the game of the MLB. We never we never really fully know what's going on behind the curtains, but uh, no, tr- like truly a remarkable season. Um, he seems like a class act. He seems like just a good good guy. He seems kind of like he doesn't have an ego in a lot of ways. Just very much like, you know stoic in the way that he like takes a curtain call or you know like kind of shrugs off fans from throwing debris on the field like it's kind of like he always shows that he's a leader and a kind of a quiet leader at that so um i think everybody can get behind aaron judge and like what he's what he's doing this season yeah for sure Uh, i definitely like aaron judge and i I think he even gave like props to tawny too is like oh yeah (laughs) tawny's better right i think (laughs) you know yeah 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 yeah, I mean, it'll be a battle between those two, but, like, you know, how do you go against Aaron Judge, I feel like, with where the Yankees are? Uh, you also look at War, right? He's at 9.7, it looks like, for uh, this season. Uh, Otani, as great of a season he's having, he's having eight, it's 8.8. Uh, it's almost, a, you know, one full uh, war point uh, over him there. Um, you know, they're ha- they're both having epic seasons, and they're both far and away, I think, from everybody else. You know, uh, like with with here at least, you know, at least compared to the rest of the league, it's like uh, Goldschmidt at his WAR is seven point six, and then Arenado is seven point five. You know, so yeah, compared to Aaron Judge nine point seven and Otani eight point eight, like both of those players are just having epic seasons overall. And, you know, Otani again, and you know, I think we made that comparison of like with Russell Westbrook and like oh he. He's just averaging a triple double again, or something like that. You know, obviously not saying that they're the same pl- kind of players. Otani is Russell Westbrook, but it's like you know they're both having that novelty kind of epic stat season, and which is great overall. But you know, when their team's not you know winning that many games and everything, then how great is that? And then where where does this discussion for MVP kind of belong? Um, you know, is it actually the most valuable player, or, or is it most you know the the most skilled player? Um, but if it is like the most valuable player and kind of how it traditionally has been, then I, I guess you got to vote Aaron Judge here. Just the epic historic season, Yankees at first place, uh, and you know just overall what he's been able to bring to the table um, here. And looks like the game is final now for the the White Sox and, and the Guardians here. So yeah, yeah, no doubt. And uh, you know we've talked about Otani and Judge. I mean, to me, like what Otani's doing on both sides is just it's insane. I mean, to be as an offensive player alone, competitive with every other player in that league. And then, Oh yeah, I'm just going to throw on, you know, SP one type stats uh, on that side too. I mean, it's a shame. The angels are so bad. It really just takes away from his ability to get airtime and to be, you know, in the mix for playoffs. Like who wouldn't love to watch, you know, Shohei Otani in the playoffs and even Mike Trout at that. But, uh, no, I think with where things are going, I mean, the, the logical selection here now is Aaron Judge. I mean, even to get into the, the 60 territory with, you know, a couple of weeks left, like I'm pretty sure he's going to do it. I'm pretty sure he's going to break, you know, at least 61. To me, that is meaningful. I think that, uh, 
again, I think committee, you know, any committee that, you know, is formed for MLB and making rules and keeping stats, or maybe it's the hall of fame or the writers that need to get involved. Like I would just love to see them overwrite some of these, you know, um, you know, steroid tainted numbers uh, from guys that have actually, you know, tested positive for PEDs. I mean, I feel like even asterisks would be just huge because I'd love to just be able to celebrate judge getting number 62. That'd be such a, you know, important celebration, especially in New York, uh, where it was, you know, that record was established by two guys. So, you know, we'll see, but, uh, you know, hats off to Aaron judge for just, again, awesome season. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I still believe the most valuable player, you know, no matter what the war says, is still Sandy Alcantara. Uh, <laughs> still, like, 212 innings pitch. Looks like still a 2.387 year. I know it's a pitcher, right? But mm. bringing a lot to the table, eating those innings, like, ah, uh, you know, he's going to win the Cy Young, I think, probably for the NL. But still, this guy, love him, love him. But, yeah, Aaron Judge, I think, MVP, deserving. and. You know, whenever I mean, sure, we can always talk about the the New York media and all that, but I think for this case, uh, Judge deserves it and all the accolades that come are coming his way. So, for sure. Um, so I don't know if you caught this, but um, a restaurant was really mad about Applebee's putting on this thirteen dollar all you can eat wings special. They decided to do its own Monday night deal: fifty cent wings, two dollar drafts. And that bastard was TGI Fridays. They said, no way, Applebee's. You're not getting away with it. You're not taking our money, our market share. We're doing this. But most important question, Wayne, what is the better deal? I mean, I'm 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 trying to get my calculator going. <laughs> like, well, like one is like the fixed cost. So that's what, $13? How many, how many cents a wing was it? Did you just say? It was like 50 it- cents a wing for the for the TGI Fridays deal. Okay, so that's what two. So that's twenty. The twenty six uh, wings then that you need to eat. I, I think that's right. So, mm-hmm. uh, you yeah, I I feel like. Well, am I capable of eating twenty six wings? Yes, on a good day, for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're a weakling and you can't do the twenty six wings, then yeah, sure, go with the TGI Fridays, right, and a couple beers. Uh, but if you're like, if you're going to fast or whatever, and like prepare yourself mentally and physically, uh, to eat, which I've done before, then yeah, go for all you, all you can eat $13 at Applebee's. I think that's how I would go approach it. Cause you have to get to like 40 or 50 wings probably at the Applebee's deal to make that worth it. Just cause the beer prices mm. seemingly stay consistent at Applebee's. And if you're going to Applebee's for that deal, I'm I'm just assuming you're going with a friend or two and you're going to have a couple of cold ones. So yeah. I, yeah. I like I guess with the $2 fixed price for the Miller drafts, you have to get Miller right Miller light drafts for TGI Fridays. Is does that does that change any part of this scenario for you? Beers, how much are beers at Applebee's, you know? Uh I think that's the <laughs> biggest question here. I can't believe I am looking at the beer and wine menu. (laughs) We're going to have to peg this to the CPI and account for adjusted inflation and whatever market you're living in. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's, (laughs) let's call it $4. Let's call it five bucks because 
Okay, let's call it the Miller Light Draft. Okay, you have Miller Light Drafts at Applebee's. They're not even listing it. They're not even listing really? it. Really? Yeah. It probably is like a, a regional thing. Like, you know, <laughs> New York beer probably costs more than like, you know, middle nowhere Tulsa or something like that. So, well, let's um, call it five bucks a Miller Light because five, yeah. apples to apples, you're getting a $2 Miller Light draft at TGI Fridays with their deal. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that's still the case, then I feel like, yeah, it, it still does apply if if you do if you plan on creating some havoc and like coming in like with the empty stomach, then you, you definitely have to choose the Applebee's. I feel like, okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you're gonna have to do the 26 wings on top of the couple beers. So, um, yeah, I think that's how I would roll. So for me personally, I would probably choose Applebee's in this case. Okay, so you're going ham. Yeah, if you're going ham. At the Monday night game, Thursday night game. And, and again, this is any day of the week you can go get Applebee's, which is also a feather in their cap. You just have to hit that hard. You have to hit it as hard as possible. And then mm-hmm. if you're going to TGI Fridays, I mean, it's not to say you have to have 26 wings. You could make that a 15-piece or, you know, a 20-piece yeah. even, couple drafts. It's more of like, a, you know, maybe a, a a work colleague or maybe a, yeah yeah a girl who's maybe like you know yeah she's getting a salad you want to show her off <laughs> yeah. yeah or maybe yeah. maybe going on a date i don't know i mean <laughs> i mean if, if, if this is the date then that's probably like the fifth or sixth person on a depth chart in uh in your bumble or uh tinder <laughs> accounts <so. laughs> but uh i got gotcha. you all right this is good i'm glad i'm glad we covered this and uh yeah. I, I know by next episode, I also saw another $13 all-you-can-eat meal by a lettuce entertaining restaurant. I, mm. I, I searched high and dry for this thing. We will unearth it for the next the next round, but I know there's another competitor out there trying to steal some sort of market share. But uh, yeah. anyways, kids, go out there, get some wings, get some cold suds in you. It's football season. <laughs> we'll be here, uh, you know, covering all sorts of fast food and other sorts of uh you know, miscellaneous here on the ball and breakfast podcast. Uh, Wayne, do you have any closing thoughts for, for today's episode? Uh, uh, just, this is what, this is what math is all about is trying to figure out which, uh, which chain restaurant deal is the best for you. So, you know, do some math kids and then, you know, become engineers, doctors, you know, all that fun stuff and accountants. So rule the world. So, and yeah, so, but. Yeah. And and as much as I gush about these deals, it's like so hard for me to like get out of the house to actually like accomplish this because, you know, we got a kid who goes to bed at 637. So he can't come to either of these places. But I mean, I'm a bachelor, but it's like, (laughs) do I want to go to TJ Fridays or Applebee's? Do I want to go on a date there even? Like, I mean, I'll get judged, but I mean, hey, you know. I might be a keeper. It, it's kind of funny because at this age, like I've got a couple of buddies I golf with where I'm like, I, I've shared these deals with them. And I'm just like, you know, if we can sneak away after that five hour golf session where, you know, our significant others won't be PO'd that we're out of the house for that long. Like, let's go to Applebee's. Let's do this. But uh, man, yeah, I think if me and my my my, my wife get a, a night off, if I take her to Applebee's, I mean, I may as well be signing my divorce papers at that point. So, you know. Anyways, uh, yeah, lots yeah. of lots to think about. Um, I do every single day when I see those deals pop up. But uh, anyways, yeah, that's pretty much it for this episode of the Ball and Breakfast Podcast. We'll be back next time. Watch some football. Week three is coming soon. Take care, all.